everyone. I want to go off the top of my head with the episode that is truly on my heart to do. And I feel that the best way to go about this episode is not to use any articles. So you're going to hear me talk this whole time. I'll stop when I'm led to, and I'll keep talking when I'm led to keep talking. That's how I'm gonna do my episodes from now on, some of them. I wanna talk about what it was like for me to do my episodes on sex and religion. Before I do that, if I ever need to look up a word that I want to use but I can't think of, I'll be using the dictionary from time to time. So if you hear an educated word, yes, I have educated with my vocabulary, but if I hear, if you hear an educated word I don't normally use, then that was me using the dictionary. So I want to absolutely uh, be upfront about that because I think it is very important to tell you know, your, the audience about how you can do an episode before you speak. So I'm going to start doing that from now on, starting now. So let's get to what it was like for me to do episodes on sex and religion. I must admit that it was very, I'm about to use my dictionary now. I'm going to use my Webster. I'm trying to, I, I, I want to find a word. Okay, here we go. I'll just use the dictionary for right now. I felt very much discarded. I felt very much destitute. And I felt very much relinquished because to let go of religion was one of the hardest things I had to do. I learned another thing. This this is one of the, I'll say something new so I won't ever repeat myself. I'm not going to repeat myself as I said in the past. Well, let the past be the past terms of the episode. This is going to be all new information everything says. One of the reasons why it was hard for me to give up religion was because I found out that a lot of preachers and a lot of parishioners and a lot of those who have say so on how church buildings will or will not operate, a lot of them don't believe what they're speaking a lot of them don't believe what they're preaching, and a lot of them don't believe what they're teaching. I'll give you an, the easiest example. A lot of them will say that there is the existence of hell. They'll say, yes, hell is real. But these are the same people who privately say to themselves and each other, hell is not real and they disbelieve 
in the existence of hell. They'll say hell doesn't exist, right? But they won't say it out loud to each other. And so you have parishioners who are in ministry for money. You have preachers who are in ministry for money. And there's another startling truth. You have people who run churches who are in ministry for money too. So how many people truly believe what they are voicing? Do you value what you're voicing? Do you believe what you're babbling? In this case, I call it babbling because if you truly are against what you're saying, then that means you oppose integrity, which is dangerous to more excellence. So lying for income is also popular in the world of religion, not just in the secular world. Another new thing, another new reason I should say why I left religion was I noticed that a lot of believers talk about heaven. But a lot of them take abuse secrets with them to their grave. Which I find to be unfortunate. Which I find to be left holding the bag in the cold. I felt miserable about that. And I'll explain more. I have an aunt I have to make her nameless in order to protect privacy as well as legal protection. I had an aunt who died of cancer. I was talking with her. We were at a restaurant. I can't say the restaurant's name because again, privacy and legal protections are necessary. So I was at a restaurant with her. And she told me about her trauma. And 
I talk with her a little bit about what happened, and then I asked her if she's going to get counseling or therapy, and she said her faith in Jesus is all the healing she needs. That answer stunned me and hurt me so badly that I never brought up to her anything about family issues ever again after that. And then a couple years later, she died of cancer. This was 2019 when I talked with her. And 2021, a few days after I turned 28, she expired. So my question is, how many believers die with all of that hurt, unhealed hurt? And I started questioning this was before I left religion I started asking these questions why are so many believers meeting God wrongly instead of meeting God rightly how can anybody go to heaven rejecting all of the healing opportunities and holistic opportunities and the restoration opportunities that they could have had while they were alive. I was, and before I left religion, I asked these questions. How can my aunt be truly saved when she chose not to be all of her true self in Christ while she was on earth. Another troubling thought was maybe my aunt truly wasn't saved. Maybe my aunt truly wasn't baptized. Maybe my aunt truly wasn't Holy Ghost filled. And I and a lot of people say, but God's mercy and grace. And at the same time, I say, why is God's mercy and grace abused every time believers are choosing not to do all the work for God that they are assigned to do, biblically speaking? It makes no sense. It is senselessness. Because to be baptized and saved, be Holy Ghost filled, it's not about ceremonies, events, and the church crowd goes wild. And they say, well, yeah, we dictate that you're saved and baptized, Holy Ghost filled. No. The person dictates that, those things about themselves, or those things that they, they dictate have nothing to do with them because being Holy Ghost filled is about 
accepting the fact that Jesus is the wonderful counselor, and because Jesus is the wonderful counselor, then surely even counselors have to have hard conversations with you so you can grow in healing and healing and growth, heal and growth, right? So Jesus doesn't always have easy talks with people that believe in him and follow him. So why can't Jesus speak to a human counselor about how you can recover and how you can function differently instead of functioning the way the abusers taught you to function? So then I recognize that a lot of believers have this warped view of life. They say it's brief. Now, life is not brief. And they say this fleeting life is passing away. That's not true either. Here's the truth. Life is gorgeous inherently. Human beings make life hideous by being hideous in thought, word, and deed to self and others. We make life brief. Life is not inherently brief. Life can be very long. Life can have centuries in it, and it does. There's been multiple centuries that we've been on this earth. So we like to think that, well, life just by itself is brief and and just bad. We make it that way, but life is not inherently this way. And so I remember thinking to myself when it comes to my aunt, how to be a Christian, you have to do hard work and smart work according to God's standards. And I'm mad at the church she went to because they did not speak about her pain. They did not make her feel free to voice her her pain. I think the church failed my aunt. And it's a generational curse that I'm seeing where people, even in church, Every generation is being failed. I understand people are not perfect. I get all that. So, of course, we'll be failed. But let's not use original sin as an, as an excuse to sin every time we actually sin. I hate that about church. There's, there's a necessary failure, such as failing to be evil, which also means succeeding in good. To fail at one thing, you have to succeed in something else. But there's unnecessary failure. Like, I understand it's hard to talk about, but you got to do it because salvation and Christianity, Jesus, none of those three parts of a religion, of that religion, are about you. It's about all of us. It's about us. It's about the collective, not the individual. So that is my thinking about 
religion is that a lot of people think that escapism is faith. A lot of people think that enabling wrong is faith. A lot of people think that coddling wrong is faith. And a lot of people think that running away from issues and problems is faith. But how is any of that faith if you believe you're supposed to get your hands dirty to show that you're serious about what you believe? So how many people in church use the Bible to run from God and then claim to be about God even though they're punk-assing when it comes to God? You're punking out on God, make it look like you're about Jehovah. That's not how faith works. So I got to be quite frank. That is a, a pile, a giant pile of bullshit. Because I understand that while some people are so traumatized that they can't take a few secrets, there's... that's understandable and that is valid but when it comes to my aunt that is clearly invalid if you know that you can get help and you choose not to take it that's insulting to abuse survivors who do not have any access to help and they would like to get help if they could take help they would get it and then you're blessed to have a job and even insurance to get help. And nobody knows, nobody has to know that you got help but you. So it's insulting when we use, when people use religion to permit self-recklessness and when people use religion to permit recklessness to others. Well, we have all this faith, but when it comes to abuse, they shut the fuck up. When it comes to trauma, they shut the fuck up. When it comes to victimization, they shut the fuck up. And I'm like, wait a minute. Jesus suffered trauma within the crucifixion story. He suffered abuse victimization in the crucifixion story. So basically, a lot of church people are giving middle finger fuckies to abuse survivors like me. So it's okay to die without being whole. But you want to say you're whole. It's okay to die without being healed, but you talk about the healing power of Jesus all goddamn day. Every day. That shit is fucked up. And I'm very passionate about this because I'm like, there are plenty of abuse survivors who would love to get help if they had a credit score or employment or a job that helped them get help, they would. But you can't say you're Christian and you're not even trying your best to help yourself. All you're doing is living fast and dying young, even though Jesus said, I want you to live an abundant life and have more abundantly. I'm paraphrasing, but you get my point. You get the Bible's point that I'm saying, I'm just putting my own words a little bit. But I just am very angered by the culture of death and the culture of recklessness I see in church and the culture of 
lying about how one really feels and how one really believes. Um, that pisses me off and all these are other reasons why I'm a secular person. Because a lot of times with religion, there's the rejection of sincere questions. There's the rejection of complexity, even though I wish religion would stop trying to simplify complexity because nobody can. And there's this rejection of trauma, even though I wish religion would stop trying to simplify trauma because nobody can. And so that's why I'm agnostic, I'm secular, I'm a humanist. And if there's a loving higher power, God or gods, awesome. If not, I accept whatever truths exist, whether it's rough, easy, or, or a mixture. So whether there's a Christ figure, Christ figures, awesome. If not, again, I accept all truths, hard, easy, and in between hard and easy. And so these are just my thoughts, my feelings. Um, it's not okay to die without getting all the trained, proper help that you need. And I would dare say that in church, because we have this, well, I'm sorry, not we, not we anymore, because I left religion. But because they have this whole original sin, a lot of times these original sins, every time they know in their heart they're not living by God. So you embody what you keep telling yourself. You tell yourself, I was born bad, I'm born evil, I'm born shitty, I'm born fucked up, I'm a puny ass human. And guess what? You will keep finding Adolf Hitler type behavior attractive because you think you were born with Adolf Hitler mind so you will keep embodying Momo that dysfunction stop telling yourself you were born bad tell yourself I have the power and the authority to not give into bullshit to not give into hatred I have more importantly, I have the power and authority to show love compassionately, sacrificially, unconditionally, and empathetically. Tell yourself a different story because tell yourself you're born bad, that's going to encourage recklessness. To discourage recklessness and more importantly, to encourage a self discipline, self control life, tell yourself the Give yourself positive affirmations so when you deal with your character flaws, your issues, and problems, you're not going to make biology as an excuse. You're going to say, no. I am capable of thinking healthy thoughts, and I'm going to do everything necessary and healthy and well and whole to make that happen. After a while, that will become your nature. Whatever you speak, 
that's what your nature will eventually be after a while. So if you tell yourself, born bad and born bad, your recklessness will keep persisting and getting bigger and stronger. But if you tell yourself, here is how I can combat the issues. I can combat my issues with the total opposite of my issues. For example, if I have an issue with procrastination, what I can tell myself is procrastination is really not a part of who I am. I'm going to do the work. And whenever I do the work, I can feel that courage within me rising. So if you say to yourself that there's a better way to do things, then those things that you've been taught, they just come natural to you. They don't. It's a learned behavior. So what I'm saying is instead of original sin being the religious learned helplessness we've been taught at birth, tell yourself, I can, I, that doesn't have to be my nature because I choose not to be my nature. You get to choose your nature in life. Nobody chooses your nature for you. You choose it for yourself. So I don't believe that I was born sin nature because evil is unnatural to me. What Adolf Hitler did in life, that's unthinkable to me. That's unfathomable to me. That's unimaginable to me. That's not something that would be in my head now actually go do so i know sin nature is not my nature i know that being born in sin is not true i am born in healing i am born in restoration i am born in wholeness i'm born in love i'm born in joy i'm born in peace i'm born in patience i'm born in kindness i'm born in faithfulness i'm born in gentleness i'm born in self-control i'm born in charity i'm born in modesty i'm born in moderation that's what I know to be true about my nature. Those things are truly innately attractive to me. And that's one of the reasons why, those are several reasons why people find me attractive all around the world, especially as a person. So I decided that nobody gives you a nature at birth. The only person that can honestly say how you were born is you. Nobody knows your birth nature better than you. And nobody knows your nature in life that you choose better than you. What is your real nature? Don't let religion tell you what your nature is. Think it out quickly for your damn self. And that's what the fuck that's for. Now, as for the whole like religion thing the way people die taking a few tickets to the grave why well, could go to heaven and make heaven the eternal prosperity gospel that's another issue i have well i'm gonna go to heaven just to get riches isn't that how you live life so your afterlife is no different than life that's problematic no you can't say you're christian and reject diligence and accept laziness you can't say you're christian and i accept foolishness but I reject wisdom. Can't say you're a Christian but I reject a caring controlled tongue but I do accept a careless and conniving tongue. No. You can't say that you're a Christian but you reject 
good and accept evil. Now, can't say a Christian, but I'm powerlessness and I'm hopeless, but hope and power of the good kind? No, I, no, you can't say that. So it's okay to lip service Christianity and actually embody it by getting off your ass to Jesus and busting your ass to Jesus. That's fucked up. So those are my thoughts on religion. Let me talk about sex. When it comes to sex for me, I honestly have to say how I feel. Um, sex for me has truly been about I make love to the soul, the body, the heart, the mind, the touch, the taste, the smell, the hearing, the seeing, and the instincts of the person, of the people. love to the heart, to the personality, the disposition, and the temperament of the person. And I do all these things when it comes to my future adult entertainment career, and when it comes to my off-screen adult entertainment career. Double entendre, haha, wink. So, I also wanted to make it clear that I found a a secular humane sexuality where it's basically sex positivity but deeper. What does deeper mean? Meaning that my sex life, my sex, my intercourse, there's sacrificial love, compassionate love, uh, empathetic love, unconditional love, and human love when it comes to honoring and bringing justice to the per- person who's past, present, and future, and even when they die, their legacy. And so I was able to, um, I I become one with the person's um, everything. I become one with their everything and anything when I am intimate with them. And there is no scarring, no wounding to that at all. It's like when I become one, what I mean is, is that I am intimate with the person's dreams, I'm intimate with the person's visions, and I'm intimate with the person's um, missions, all the positive ones, actually, and vice versa with me. Everything I'm saying is vice versa with me when it comes to sex and stuff. As I wrap up, I didn't want to do this very long, I just wanted to say last things that I did say in other episodes is, is that... Now that I've done this off the top of my head, you know, like the Russia and the religion thing, let me do that real quick. Basically, conservative religion is a dictatorship religion, so that's why they're attracted to Putin. 
because that's how they look at their Abrahamic God. They think Putin is their imperfect Abrahamic God that they'll lie and say he's perfect. Let me finish up with sex. As I said, close, I'm very grateful that uh, sex for me has truly been wondrous because I have sexual performance confidence and courage instead of anxiety. I have sexual elation instead of sexual frustration. And I have sexual love instead of sexual discontentment like I because so in closing I have sexual gratitude and peace instead of sexual dismay like with that being said I conclude over and out and I leave a dirty and I'm so thankful that you heard me.